Hello, I'm Rabbi Ed Bernstein. Welcome to the My Teacher Podcast, a celebration of the people who shape our lives. My guest is Austin Kaufman. In December 2019, he was elected as the International President of United Synagogue Youth. Austin, welcome to the My Teacher Podcast. Thank you for having me. Before we get into the specifics of your life's journey, could you explain to our listeners what USY is, uh, the organization of which you serve as international president? Of course. So United Synagogue Youth is the conservative Jewish youth movement for teens all across North America, primarily in the United States and Canada. And it is a place for Jewish teens to just come together and really form values and form a community and form lifelong friendships that'll like last forever. And I think it means something different to everybody. So it's hard to give one broad general definition. Um, but I know for me, I can definitely vouch for the fact that it's been life-changing. USY has definitely given me like these lifelong friendships, and I can definitely vouch for that. Um, and I know these people are going to be the groomsmen in my wedding and the people I call to say Shabbat Shalom um, and my roommates uh, after college. And just like these people that I'll take with me wherever I go, because these friendships that were formed are so wholesome. And so just, just for the record, Austin, are you presently engaged to be married? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. But uh, at, at the appropriate one time. day, one day. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Maybe, uh, I don't know if I ever formally called off those like fake engagements in preschool, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't have any, I don't have any serious intent to marry anybody anytime soon. Okay. Okay. But in, in due time, in due time. In due time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's an important social outlet and spiritual outlet how does one become international president? So there's the qualification you have to have is either a year um, on regional board for your respective region, and there's currently 15 regions in um, USY, or you have to be you have to serve on the international general board, which is a committee of around like 27 to 30 people um, every year. So my like how I was qualified is I served two years on the international general board one year under the membership Kadima committee, where I started various initiatives. And then my second year on IGB was as um, a U.S. Wire Connection That's Chair. International uh, General Board, just yeah. IGB, and yes. Yeah, okay. thank you. Um, but that was with um, my good friend, Sam Block. Other thing that was super formative um, was I'm currently serving as the regional membership Kadima Vice President um, for Far West USY. So like I live in Southern California. Um, but that's Southern California, Arizona, and Nevada are the main active parts of my region. So there was a convention held in Los Angeles this past December. So yeah. take us to that convention and the process of the elections. Sounds good. Um, so this uh, international convention, it's held every year, like the week around Christmas, because the Jews aren't doing anything. <laughs> and the hotels are usually more reasonable and everyone's off school. So it's like a win-win on all fronts. But so the international convention this past year was just outside of Los Angeles. And it was a five-day convention, Sunday to Thursday. Cool. Because it was my third international convention, or like what US wires call IC. But the other ones had flown, one to Chicago and one to Orlando, so very far from my house. 
but this one I was kind of like hosting people in like my climate and my um, geographical area. But it was just nice to have everybody, and it was like really cool to see my friends, and it was also different, a different experience for me because I was like in the process of running for international executive board. But the elections were on the second day of the convention in the morning. So there wasn't too much like waiting or anything before that. So there was an election and you won. And yeah, it was yeah, very so exciting. The USY international president for 2020 year is Austin Coffin. <laughs> How did it feel? I didn't feel real for like quite a few days because it was something that like I I never, especially like not being a regional president, it wasn't necessarily something that I was like expecting to do, um, like expecting to run or expecting like even more so to win. But I think like it was a really cool feeling of knowing that like I had the support of like my friends and my peers and like even people I hadn't been, had gotten the chance to meet yet. But it, and it's been super, a super cool experience. And I had like a good combination of people who got elected with me of people who are like some of my, like one of my best friends. And I have a lot of best friends, but like one of my really good friends um, is on the board with me, but also people I didn't know as well. And now I'm like happy to say like four months into my term that like all of them are like five of my best friends. Like some of those people I'm looking forward to staying in touch with um, way through college and the rest of my life. Can you talk about, a little bit about your personal background going further back. So you live in Los Angeles. Have you always lived in Los Angeles? So I live in between Los Angeles and San Diego in a town called Irvine, California. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So I've lived there my whole life. Like I moved here to my house when I was one. So I've grown up here. My Jewish background, like I've always gone to the same synagogue, but there was like, like I was probably the typical Jewish teen who like was just going to Hebrew school because they were told to and like the bribery for a bagel on the way sometimes helped. <laughs> Um, and stuff like that. But I definitely made some good friends. And then my brother got involved in USY um, as I was in middle school and like, like fifth or sixth grade, he got pretty involved. And then What's his name? What's his, his name? Is Brandon, um, Brandon Kaufman. But so he got me involved in USY when I was in seventh and eighth grade. And like, that was super formative in my Jewish identity. Because like, if you told me when I was uh, like studying for my bar mitzvah, that I'd be where I am now um, in Judaism and like, be like the person I am, like committing to do a gap year in Israel and the track that I'm doing for the first semester is likely going to be studying in the conservative yeshiva. Like that's something I would have laughed at you if you told me when I was a sixth grader. Was your family always as involved in Jewish life as it is now? Um, I think my parents have always definitely been involved in my siblings too. Like we've always gone to services and things like that. But my, and like my dad was very, very active in USY and BBYO, like when he was growing up. And like, so it's always been ingrained in kind of like who I am, but I think the extent of like the willingness and like the pursuing it on my own has changed a little bit, but my parents have definitely always instilled that foundation. Um, and my siblings and I have always gone with it, but it's, I think like been really interesting to see how much USY has changed the extent of which I pursue it on my own. So you've had this beautiful trajectory through childhood and your teen years you're respected among your peers. You're planning a gap year next year in, in Israel on the, uh, the Nativ gap year program, which is high, highly respected. And what are your plans for college after that? 
So after Nativ, I've already committed, which is really exciting to go to Harvard. Mazel tov. Thank Mazel you. Tov. Um, so I want to be... Um, I want to be a comedy writer. Like, that's my dream job. So they have, like, the magazine, The Harvard Lampoon, which I'm hopefully going to, like, comp or what they call, like, audition, basically, for. And, like, that's super exciting. Like, people like Conan O'Brien, who's, like, a big inspiration for me, or, like, Colin Jost, who's, like, on Weekend Update and one of the head writers of SNL. And, like, a lot of other people who are equally as successful but less famous (laughs) have all written for The Harvard Lampoon. So that's, like, the dream is to, like, do stuff like that there, which is really exciting for me. Very exciting. So you've had this beautiful trajectory through childhood, through your teen years. You're respected by your peers, being elected president of a large teen organization. You have these amazing plans to spend a gap year in Israel and then go to Harvard, and you have a background in comedy writing. And along the way, you've had some bumps in the road. I'd like to play a clip from your campaign speech for USY president in which you describe your greatest life challenge. I want to address the elephant in the room. Hey, Jumbo. He says hi back. I also want to address another elephant in the room. In late April, I received some really tough news. The cancer that I beat in sixth grade randomly came back. Fighting cancer again has been a huge speed bump in my life, but this USY community, whether FaceTiming my best friends from across the continent while getting chemo, or having regular conventions to come back to in Far West, helped me through this journey. I'm grateful to say that the end of my treatment is set for next month and is rapidly approaching. Why I bring this up isn't just to be transparent and show that I'll be healthy for my term, but it's to show you that how much the USY community has to offer and how it is our job as 400 of the most active USYers on the continent to help everyone find a place in this incredible community. In the past 68 years, USY has seen many different changes, but I'm confident that utilizing the three C's, connection, collaboration, and community, will ensure that we are, in fact, the future of conservative Judaism. Thank you. Austin, that was a very courageous statement going in front of 400 teenagers and talking openly about battling cancer. I'd like to talk about this because it relates to your teachers. Can you take us back to sixth grade? What happened? Yeah, for sure. So it was about halfway through the school year. And I'd like to think I was just like every other sixth grade boy. I'm like playing handball at school, playing video games after my homework when I was done um, and things like that. And then it happened pretty suddenly in like late January of 2014. um, I had like a weird pain in my side and I ended up going to the doctor um, and had like an ultrasound and basically like long story short, they found a four pound tumor on my left kidney. So I had my kidney removed like ASAP, like within the week. Um, And I like to joke around that I lost five pounds in one day (laughs) because I had the kidney removed um, and I round up a little bit just for the wow factor (laughs) Uh, from like the four and change to five because they tested it and like it tested positive. Like it it, and it started this whole journey because like they found uh, like that it was cancerous, like the tumor. And then we had scans and they found out that it spread to my lower back, my knees and my hips. So nothing that was expected by any means. Um, And I had to like 
like I think the hardest thing for me was when like the doctor first said that I like they're like oh yeah you definitely just like can't go back to school and I know school is something that was important to me because I like my friends I um, mean I enjoyed my teachers and like I really like have a passion for learning and just enjoyed the experience of being at school but it was like kind of the first step along this road um, and my family and I kind of all had to adapt pretty quick like my brother was a freshman in high school and my sister was a senior and my sister was like like in finishing up a college application process and like really like and it's interesting because she's where I am right now for the most part um or was where I am right now but it was this journey that my family got taken on and I think like when I look back on it like like two main lessons kind of resonate with me I mean the first one and like these are things that like I kind of developed with my family like it wasn't any one person it was just kind of like things that we picked up yeah, but, let me let me if I yeah. can uh, just interject for a second. Uh, of course, so I want I want to get to the lessons. Those are really important. So you have two parents, and you have a brother and a sister. Yeah. So what are your parents' names? Adina and Jeff. And your brother and sister. Brandon and Brianna. You you had this cancer in sixth grade. How long were you in treatment? So I was in treatment from. I started like right away, like February of 2014. And then I had a stem cell transplant, which would like basically cut my time of treatment in half. It was kind of like, not like experimental, but not the common protocol in late July, early August. And then I started doing maintenance chemotherapy once like they, I was clean. And then I had a stem cell transplant, which wasn't um, necessarily the typical protocol, but it wasn't necessarily experimental either in late July, early August. And then I had another set of scans and I was clear, like they didn't see anything. So then I moved on to maintenance chemotherapy for a year, which was just a pill, but like my hair grew back and I was able to go back to school in October. So like I missed the second half of sixth grade and the first quarter of seventh grade, but it was lucky because my school was kindergarten through eighth grade. Like it was a public school, but it was, so it's uncommon for that kind of layout. But I saw the same friends and they kind of all knew what was going on. And it was, it would have been different than me going to the like alternative, which would have been a way bigger um, middle school for seventh and eighth grade. With a lot of kids I didn't know, and I would have had like no hair, and it would have been definitely an interesting experience. Like most of my teachers had my siblings, and like it, everyone was really understanding. What was it like for your family throughout this time? I think like for any family, it'd be hard, but I think my family, like I like to think we handled it really well, and really we really came together um, and could rely on one another. And I'm like really commend my siblings because like there's definitely times when my parents would be at like a doctor's appointment with me and they'd have to like make a dinner that someone else uh, dropped off at her house or like um, go get a bite to eat or like vice versa. Like I like my parents would have to like be like have to choose like one of us is tonight is going to be at home and one of us is going to go with Austin and things like that. So it was definitely a balancing act, but I'm really proud of the way we came together. And I definitely know that I look back on where my family is now and where my family is six years ago or seven years ago. And I'm like really proud of the people we are and like the, how close we are. My yeah. best friends are my family. <laughs> yeah. Can you share some stories or examples of, of how your family, members of your family stepped up to support you and the lessons that you learned from that? Yeah. Um, I think like a big thing even as my brother just found it, like he had a YouTube channel back in the day, but him and my sister made me a video when I came back, I think for the first time from the hospital. And it was like, it was like short, it was like a minute or a minute and a half, but it was them doing a bunch of my favorite comedy bits or like they did impersonated Jimmy Fallon. Thank you notes. I'm like a few sketches from his show and like 
Um, Key and Peele is another sketch group that like had a TV show and it was on YouTube um, on Comedy Central. And they like impersonated one or two of those sketches that we liked. But it was like, that was like a really cool thing that they did. I don't know how long it took them. It could have taken them 20 minutes. It could have taken them a few hours, but that doesn't matter. It's just like the thought that went into that. And like the smile I remember having on my face when I came back was like truly amazing. But I think that's like the one of the big examples that stands out like however many years later. Anything else uh, that in terms of the way in which your family supported you and lessons that uh, you learned from them? Talk about your parents. How have they, yeah. how did they deal with it and how did they support um, you? I think my parents definitely were a team. I think like a big thing that I took from them kind of on the same note of my siblings was like that humor. Like my dad's like a big jokester, like one of the funniest people I know. But so he kind of like when there's times that were more serious, he definitely like knew when to crack a joke. And like it got to the point where me, my dad and my doctor um, would start sharing jokes with each other, like during appointments, like after like there might be something serious. And then he'd like he'd tell a joke and then my doctor would tell a joke and I'd tell a joke then we'd all laugh and then like end it kind of on a positive note and my mom in the same respect too is like also that optimistic silver lining like she kind of led me and my family and we still do it to this night like we do prayers like as they're basically tucking me in and we start with shema um and then say kind of like thank you god for a wonderful day and then kind of go through the day and like the positives and the silver linings which is a big thing my mom taught us and taught me like those silver linings and everything happens for a reason and small victories and things like that and then we do Vehafta, and then we do like a Rafuah Shalema prayer. That's a prayer for healing. Okay. Yeah, a Jewish prayer for healing. And then so they'd say Rafuah Shalema prayer. Um, and we'd also like say Rafuah Shalema for anyone we know who is going through anything, not just me or my family. And we still do that to this day. And we constantly update the list. And it's definitely worked quite a few times of like those people have gotten better in it. I like, and I, I definitely am not a proponent of like faith is the only thing that heals people but i think it definitely can be a supplement to the physical medicine and like i bet you as like a chaplain rabbi can know that like in terms of having faith and with like people in hospice and things like that yeah uh, that's really really powerful stuff and i i have such admiration for the example your parents set they didn't just pray for you but they prayed for you by praying for others as well and longing for for healing for all who are sick and that's very powerful what an example is there anything else that you'd like to talk about ways in which your parents have inspired you throughout your journey as you fought to overcome cancer for me personally like it, it's definitely something that shaped who i am and it was formative at the time and then like when it unfortunately came back which is what i spoke about in my speech like on the inside, but it's not something I've always like talked about or like, it's not something that was necessarily crucial to my personality um, on the outside. So I think like it, not necessarily about the journey itself, but I think about since then, like my parents have definitely pushed me and my siblings too, like to pursue my dreams. Like I've been, I've been wanting to do comedy in different forms, but wanting to do comedy since like seventh grade. And I just wrote in my dad's birthday card because his birthday was a couple weeks ago. But I was like, I really appreciate it because most dads would be like, remember when you wanted to be a lawyer? But you, you instead, you helped me with my shtick and you helped me workshop my bits and stuff like that. But so that's like, I think a prime example of just like my parents have been super supportive in my personality being shaped by the things I do. Like the two main things, me being involved in throughout high school being Judaism and comedy, like throughout USY and like I'm on my school's improv team and like currently the captain um, oh, and wow. like write funny stuff for my school's newspaper and things like that. Through all of this, I'm just amazed your, your parents modeled having 
a positive outlook on life, even when things are not going well. And here you are six years later, and you're a comedian, you're a comedy writer, you have a great sense of humor. That's powerful resistance. That's that's powerful medicine. Can you talk a bit about the return of the cancer recently? You mentioned it in your speech. Where are you right now in terms of your battle? Yeah, um, so it came back just about this time last year. Like I had a surgery, emergency surgery, because I was having like a pain in a different part of my side, actually. But I had like my appendix removed and some stuff around there. They like took some tests and things. And this is like around April 20th of 2019. So it's been about a year of that second journey. Most of my treatment is at UCLA, like when I was in sixth grade and seventh grade and now. But this surgery was at a different hospital, like Children's Hospital of Orange County or Chalk. So I was at a different place. One of my neighbors that we're particularly close to works at Chalk. So he was able to pop in and kind of provide that comfort of being in a place we weren't used to. And we found out that like the cancer had come back and we didn't know exactly, like they thought it was a different type of cancer. And then we found out it was the same. So I don't know if that makes it better or worse, <laughs> like mentally knowing it was the same thing, but it was definitely like, it was a huge bummer because I had a lot going for me. Um, and like, was gearing up to run for regional board for my for usy for far west and i was gearing up to audition for captain of my improv team and all these things uh and figure out my course schedule for the next year and like as i've kind of alluded to like some of those things definitely still happened but i had to really push yeah. through and a big thing i've kind of thought of is like the juggler and i like like this concept of the juggler and i've really been juggling and I kind of joke around about how like the concept like most jugglers juggle pins and like I had like a bowling ball thrown at me but instead of like letting the ball like knock down the pins, I kind of threw it into the mix. One of the one of the lines I definitely kind of like joked around about this past year is that I definitely uh, made cancer into another extracurricular activity and kind of juggled it along with everything else. Where, I, <laughs> which just kind of is like uh, saying that it's kind of like I've definitely been giving it my all, but I didn't let that get in the way of everything else that I've been doing. Whether that's writing my college essays from the clinic, getting chemotherapy, or talking to friends or rushing back from UCLA to run an improv practice, like things like that. Your ability to resist strife with humor is incredibly inspiring. Austin, we're recording this in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're, we're each on lockdown in our homes in different parts of the country. On a personal level, uh, how have you experienced this lockdown on an emotional level, given your own treatment and whatever, you know, suppressed immune levels you may have? How are you doing mentally right now? It's definitely tough. Like, I, I didn't quite touch on it before, but so like where I'm currently out of my treatment is I'm like in that maintenance chemotherapy kind of stage of mm -hmm. six months to a year of various types of treatment just to like like make sure that everything that was that we saw was gone is gone so I, my immune system is definitely compromised especially compared to the average person so in terms of covid19 uh like i've definitely had to be very cautious and i've been at home pretty much since like a day or two before everyone else started coming home like i like missed the last two days of school in the buildings because like my doctor and i like my family agreed that like it probably wasn't a good idea for me to be risking my immune system and like getting sick but I think just something that I noticed too in terms of like mental health is like I'm doing well and like Baruch Hashem, like my whole family's together and safe. Like my sister got in from New York City before like things got more stri like, like strict and, and my brother's home from college. So we're all together, which is really nice. 
but I know like, there's definitely some people who aren't taking it as seriously and are still like uh, seeing people and unnecessarily following the social distancing guidelines and things like that. So I think that's hard as someone who like is immunosuppressed. And I think that's like a unique perspective because I think it's probably how like a lot of older people feel. People who don't think it affects them is really making it worse and making it take longer for everybody else. Because like I can't leave my house really until like I know I'll be okay. Um, like the only times I've left is to go to the clinic and to see my doctor. I've been mean, like to get blood blood drawn and stuff like that, and like to go on the occasional walk. But like I haven't really seen friends or anything like that. As president of USY, how is USY dealing with the pandemic? What's it like being president of an organization that promotes socialization among teens when teens can't? socialize in person right now what's it like it's definitely interesting to say the least like my term isn't going like anywhere where i thought it'd be like i would like if the world was where it was or where we all thought it would be a few months ago i'm like looking forward i would have just been getting back from new york like visiting the many like metropolitan new york region regional convention and like seeing some of my friends there and also like visiting and like meeting some of the underclassmen and kind of showing them what international usy is um and like i would have had like an international general board weekend in person and like all these different things I was planning on. Our listeners should know that traditionally the, the international president of USY does a lot of travel. They often travel across the country to the different regions. I know presidents in the past have made at least one trip to Israel and the organization budgets for you to be present personally for our chapters and regions around the country. And it, it must be tough not to be able to do that now. Yeah. So I like had my schedule pretty booked, like, like looking forward in like February, I, I knew that like every other weekend for the rest of the year, <laughs> like, or till the summer, I was pretty much out of town, whether that was like at a far West regional convention or in the East coast, um, visiting someone. And like, I know this summer I'm still like fingers crossed to visit all the summer programs in Israel and like on the wheels buses. I still have my fingers crossed to like visit the pilgrimage trips in Israel, um, and to visit the wheels trips, which are like the bus trips around the United States over the summer and i'm not exactly sure how those will like will look or if like to the extent of which they'll happen and that's been like a really big bummer for me and i think some of my peers and like especially the senior class who's been looking forward to their like senior spring convention um like that last like that like final hurrah and i know like it's been really hard especially for a lot of the seniors because uh a lot of us have been really looking forward to those final conventions and kind of like one last hurrah before we have to say goodbye to usy and i'm lucky because hopefully i'll still have the summer and like international convention and things like that to kind of have another taste of USY, but it's still something I'm definitely going to be missing out on. But I think I can look on the bright side and that's kind of like what I've trained myself to do the past six, seven years. But like, I, I've definitely noticed like all the virtual programming is something that USY could have definitely been used, like using. And I think like I look on the bright side because I think that's what I've been trained to do and kind of trained myself to do um, the past six or seven years. And can see that like the virtual programming and digital engagement that USY has been utilizing um, the past few months has really been incredible. And I think is something that's going to be carried way past COVID. And I think it's also been interesting and cool because like people have had virtual conventions um, in place of their senior conventions or their spring conventions. And I've been able to visit all of them instead of just picking some, which has definitely been interesting to be able to like pop in the regions I didn't think I'd ever get to visit or like meet people I didn't think I'd get to meet. And it's definitely not how I expected it or anyone expected it. But I think in the long run, like although it's a bummer now and a bummer for me and like any senior in the international board who this is like, the, this is the way their term has been. Um, I think in the long run, it'll be better for USY and USY will be better for going through it. 
and USY is lucky to have you at this time as its leader. I mean, it's a bummer for you that you don't get the traditional perks of the office and hopefully things will clear up and you'll get some of that. But right now you're, you're at home like everyone else. But what you are able to give USY is your expertise in the notion that when life gives you the lemons, you make lemonade and you're doing that. Are there any other lessons that you learned from your parents and your brother and your sister that you feel that uh, can help you face the challenges ahead or help you lead the organization face its challenges? I think a big one is just kind of like enjoying the moment um, and really making the most of every day. And that's kind of like a loaded terms in some like respects, like making the most of it. But just, I think it means like just living and being present in the moment. And I think that that's something that um, is hard, especially right now when you're not seeing people and like days are pretty similar of doing like Zoom calls and watching Netflix and things like that. But I think once USY comes back together, whether it's the summer on programs or during the fall um, or whatever it looks like, or like for me on a TV, like I think people are just going to really appreciate being together. And it's kind of like a lesson I've kind of learned six or seven years ago, but I think it's something that the whole world has learned. And I'm really curious to see how it affects USY and how it affects the world of just people being happy to be together and being present and really enjoying the little things that I think people took for granted before. We're close to wrapping up. Is there anything else you would like to add about current state of affairs in the world, your vision for USY and the Jewish people or anything else on your mind right now? I think so in my speech, like I know you played an excerpt from it earlier, but like the, I had these three C's, connection, collaboration, and community. Um, and you played the excerpt of me talking about community, the third C. But I think those kind of aspects of connection and like really connecting with each other, not just in like the Jewish community or like you know, the USY community, but on a global scale, as well as collaboration, like working together to do something great. Like whether it's like us right now collaborating to make this podcast to kind of teach people um, our lessons and like about our teachers or like this community that we're building because of that. And that'll be like enhanced through those connection and collaboration, those first two C's. Like, I think that that's something that like, I think I applied initially to USY, but I think the world could really use right now. And I'm looking forward to doing my part and in, in enhancing that, whether it's however many years down the road, writing comedy and kind of like making everyone talk about the same thing and laugh. Like that's the dream to make, to write one of those shows, for example, or to be in it. I think it's one of those things that I'm holding kind of as close to home as ever. And I'm kind of hoping other people can kind of pick up on and really enhance those three aspects of their lives and enhance those three aspects of the world. Austin, in the short time I've known you, you have become my teacher by wow. modeling your courage and resolve in the face of adversity, by modeling your sense of humor and the idea of being in the moment and enjoying life as much as we can. So I want to wish you good health. I look forward to great things from you as a leader. We are lucky to have you as a leader in the Jewish people and in our broader community. I wish you the blessing from the, the Tanakh, Chazak ve'amatz. God said to Joshua, Chazak ve'amatz, be strong and have good courage. And I wish that for you. I thank you for being on the My Teacher podcast.
Thank you so much. This has been really incredible. Thank you for having me, and thank you for doing this. I wish to thank my guest, Austin Kaufman, for joining me today on the My Teacher podcast. Check the show notes for additional information about United Synagogue Youth and about Austin, including his full speech from the 2019 USY Convention. I wish to thank some special teachers of mine, my three children, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Theme music is by Sam Bernstein, who is also our sound engineer. Production assistant is Noam Bernstein. And internet art and graphic design are by Esther Bernstein. I welcome comments, including suggestions for future guests, at myteacherpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out on Twitter at podcastteach, as well as the My Teacher Podcast sites on Facebook and Instagram. Please help others find the show by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. May the wisdom of your teachers guide you, and may you be a teacher to others. So, I also, the other day, I was at my little cousin's preschool graduation, and uh, she was introducing me to all her friends, and it went a little something like, Austin, you have to meet Jacob. He is my boyfriend. Austin, you have to meet Jimmy. He is my boyfriend. Austin, you have to meet Oliver, but we're just friends. You have to meet the Steinberg twins. They're both my boyfriends. My question is, why is it okay for a preschooler to have five significant others, but it's weird and not okay, man, when I do it? No, I'm just kidding. I have very strong morals. And besides, everyone knows that five is one too many. Also, a little known fact, there's still bases in, there's still bases in elementary school. First base, eye contact from across the hall. Second base, casual conversation. Third base, a high five. One time, I knew this girl, and she gave the best high fives. But she also gave high fives to four of my best friends, and I was furious. Back to baseball. Home run? Home run, holding hands, right? But if you hold the hands for more than 30 seconds, you better use protection, because the stork might bring you a baby. Elementary school is also full of, a, full, of, full of a lot of other thrills, like note passing, right? One of the most exhilarating experiences I've ever had in my life was passing notes in, 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 in fifth grade, right? So, you know, I was passing notes to my crush for like a week or two, and then I decided to drop the bomb, right? The note, do you like me? You know, with the yes and the no, right? That one? Uh-huh. So I passed that note, and much to my chagrin, my teacher intercepted it. <laughs> so, so, it was almost one of the most traumatic experiences in my prepubescent life, but she had mercy on my soul and just threw it away. And besides, it was probably for the best, because, you know, I probably would have gotten rejected. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>